This episode of the 36th Man Podcast has been brought to you in part by... From the makers of the Canadian favorite ice cream vending machine comes... Newborn Baby Vending Machine! Who needs sex when you can just select from text? Newborn Baby Vending Machine! Worried about those pesky stretch marks? Worry no more! Who needs morning sickness and the off-the-wall food cravings? Kiss that stork goodbye with the Newborn Baby Vending Machine! Blue-eyed and left-handed babies now back in stock. and welcome to the fifth episode of the 36 man podcast i am one of your co-hosts eden Rowatensky, and i'm joined here today with anthony jimmy and chris and our special guest from noodle cake studios arlen schaefel how are you guys doing hey great, great. Oh. i'm pretty sure that's how i pronounced your name last time no it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure you said rotten tinky or something what oh, wow. <laughs> I knew rounding the corner into your last name that I was going to royally fuck it up. I, I realized that <laughs> right as I was rounding the corner to it. I was like, fuck. You should have to send that thing out phonetically. I don't think it's, I don't think it's even fair. No. It, it is spelt phonetically. <laughs> Rohat Enski. It just seemed like you said it differently than Jimmy, but Jimmy totally, like, his flew under the radar like it wasn't a bad pronunciation. So I was like, fuck it, I'm going to go right between the middle. <laughs> Jimmy has that really Michigan small. accent that's so I'm going to get it in the cheeks right here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I fucked it up. I'm sorry. So how you guys been? Great. Uh, good. Christmas break, good. finally. Everybody how are you, up? Arlen? Oh, doing great. Had uh, back-to-back Christmas parties this weekend. And oh, nice. Finally get to... Relax tonight a little bit. Impressions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was warning Eden ahead of time. I wasn't sure in what state I would be, but uh, I think I've recovered fairly well. He drunkenly so. messaged me yesterday asking if we were doing the podcast last night. <laughs> yes, you missed it. <laughs> I totally. I put it in the wrong calendar. It was very bad. <laughs> yeah, don't All you right. Greg Miller us. <laughs> Um, so what's going on this week, Chris? Oh, well, there's not much in the sense of news, really, uh, except all the, the Game of the Year nominations are out, pretty much, through all the different outlets. And they all seem kind of unanimous, I guess. Have you guys seen them or checked them out? Yeah. yeah I, I saw have. the video for IGN's, <clears throat> but nobody else's. What do you guys think of the nominations? I wish Assassin's Creed 4 was on more of them, because I really, really like it. Yeah, I'm, I'm really. Other than it. that, I'm pretty. I like was I expected at all. I was I I didn't I was thrown by some of those nominations. Like which ones? 
like Tearaway. Well, I haven't played Tearaway, so I'm not saying it's a bad game, but I didn't expect a Vita game to be on mm. some of these Game of the Year lists, and I, di- I didn't expect um, Device 6. Oh, I didn't either. Not not that, by, like, again, by all means, not that these are bad games, but I just, I don't know. It's crazy to see a game list like this where you have Grand Theft Auto Five and Tearaway. And Gone Home. <laughs> Yeah, and gone six. home, and <clears throat> it's crazy. It's a good one though. It's a yeah. good list. Big. The 2013 was really good for games. Mm-hmm. So I think nothing... it's kind of funny. Uh, I think the game, like game of the year stuff, is always just funny in general from like industry's perspective because we do have a merger of many, like so many genres now, and so many like you know an indie development studio versus mm-hmm. a AAA, and it's like. It, no matter how much even you try to categorize it, it's never a fair fight. You've always got like right. uh, kind of ridiculous differences, and who's mm-hmm. to say what's what's best? So um, I don't know. It, it's definitely I think every list that I've seen, at least they've got like good games up there. But maybe it's just my uh, distaste for and present company excluded, but my distaste for review sites sometimes because it's tough. You got to put numbers to things and you got to pick stuff. Right. right. Yeah, it's always weird subjective. because. Sorry, yeah, so many of us see video games as a really personal thing, and on top of that, it is a form of art. So it's like, do you ever see like one out of one to ten ratings on you know a painting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, it's right. really weird. <laughs> They're getting closer to following kind of a like movie review guideline, I think. Yeah, a little bit. What is that? Well, you know, you got like movie review critics and they, depending on what critic you're talking about or what site you're talking about or what paper you're talking about, they all have their own different like, you know, review system. But it seems that they're, they're getting pretty similar as far as either giving like some sort of rating or some sort of number or whatever the case may be. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm Do you guys have any beef with any of the, the game of the year? nominations not really honestly there's just so many good games that you know they could have put anything up there and they would have all been good like i don't know 2013 just really seems like we got an inordinate amount of good games it was a good year for games it really was i was kind of sad i didn't see uh, guacamelee and too many yeah on the list because i really 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 liked guacamelee well, speaking of the Game of the Year stuff, the App Store, Apple announced their Game of the Year, their iOS Game of the Year. And it was Super Stickman Golf. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. We did make the, we made the list. We made the multiplayer. Uh, we we're in the multiplayer section, but uh, oh, I love at least the in the highlighted it's games. It's so good. Wow. Yeah. Do they have like some kind of like secret committee that contacts you when you're nominated and wears nope. weird robes and stuff? No. Nope. Yeah. No. Uh, we <laughs> had druids. no no conversation. It's just they just pick it. Just comes out. That's pretty. Uh, rough. Which is which it. is kind of ex- like kind of strange at times. I mean, there is context that we have, but generally, when you're looking at like features, uh, you might know if you're going to get a feature coming up, but no one ever like actually says like this is exactly what's going to happen especially not game of the year stuff i think it's pretty hush hush yeah it does seem that way it seems that way with not just apple but with that mm-hmm. seems how how sites run it in general nobody wants to talk about it it's this big huge secret <clears throat> but for people who don't know ridiculous fishing is what won uh 
Apple's App Store game of the year. What do you guys think about that? I like fishing. I haven't played that game though. Yeah, I haven't that <laughs> you haven't played ridiculous fishing. <laughs> no, it seems I'm, like it. Sounds like the first style. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's my game of the year though. It's definitely not my game of the year. I mean, yeah, I yeah. I played it for a good week and I enjoyed it, but I haven't played it since. Yeah, I, and I don't know if you guys uh, know about the the history of like ridiculous fishing or the story about it, or uh, do you know what week? Super Stickman Golf launched. Uh, which oh, one? Super the first or the second? Two. The uh, second. Well, we launched the exact same day as Ridiculous Fishing. Really? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and we lot like guys over the guys that made Ridiculous f- f- Fishing uh, and Vlambeer, Like we, we love them. Uh, good guys. Like it's just indie community, but uh, everybody in the review space has kind of like pitted us against each other in many ways. <laughs> We've had back to back like launches against titles that they've worked on um so we weird. launched super stickman golf against uh super crate box i think and it wasn't like on purpose it wasn't like we knew we had no idea what day these were launching but we've had a history of launching at the same time <laughs> um so yeah I, I mean it's great for them it is a little sad for us i mean when you look at uh us on the on the overall app store we raised to like we made it to second overall i think um i think ridiculous fishing was like third um, somewhere up there, but you know, it's it's one of those things too, where you're looking at game of the year, and you know, it's about gameplay, or is it about success in the app store, and how much the app store gets gamed, um, and whatnot. But anyways, it's it is a great game. I don't know if I would have picked it as game of the year, um, yeah. But they did a phenomenal job in finishing it up. When yeah. those came out, like your game and that, I bought um, Super Stickman instead because uh, they talked about it on the Besties. Mm-hmm. And they talked about both, and like your game sounds more like a like a video game from a like their description. And I never, I didn't play Ridiculous Fishing until like the day before they did that big update. They added a ton of stuff, mm-hmm. so I got to like play a little bit and then see them add more. But I got bored with it quick. Like it's fun. It's really pretty to look at, which is I'm sure why I got a lot of points. But as far as actually playing the game goes i think um super sick man golf 2 is my most played ios game this year nice. because of the multiplayer <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think we so have a long tail right like we we have like enough you know turn-based and multiplayer and stuff to really keep you going uh longer than just the single player i think is one of our strong suits but mm-hmm. i like the the way you guys handled microtransactions it's like really really unobtrusive and it's mm-hmm. just like there if you want it and it, it really isn't pay to win like, yeah i feel like if you did it too much it would actually make the game boring mm-hmm. so like it's kind of its own deterrent you know like only do it if you really need to which is really cool yeah i like it thanks I, which so... is surprising i've actually maybe it's because i answer support emails that uh we've had a lot of flack over in-app purchase i don't know if you call them oh, schemes really? or you know you're yeah oh, all the time i mean it's just people just raging in the right. support all the time. Well, about people stuff. don't like to pay for shit. I know. It's like a buck. <laughs> you feel like you'd get that no matter what, though? Like, oh, yeah, you could... they do. Um, so, I mean, the other thing is that obviously it gets steeper. Like, to get to level 60 takes a really, really long time. But mm-hmm. that was kind of the point. Like, even me, I play a lot, and I'm only level 30. Um, right. My progress gets wiped occasionally, but there's guys that have played the game a ton to get to level 60 legitimately and not purchase. But some people are, I don't know, they just don't like the idea of buying any sort of virtual currency. 
but basically no pay to win like pay to win was never something that we were a, a big fan of um i'm a big fan of pay to excel at like accelerate progress yeah and that's mostly because as i get older i have less and less time less to time yep do things so and it's like when are you playing a mobile game you know you're not like you're in a setting where you're not gonna sit down for four hours and play it you know like right that's how with, I feel. yeah with some exceptions yeah well, you <laughs> <laughs> i spent four hours this weekend on uh the republic oh yeah i want to play that how yeah, is that I it. I just it's fantastic it it's really good once i'm finished up with uh episode one i'd, I'd, I'd like to spend a little just a little chunk of time on one of the podcasts talking about it, reviewing it, but so I'm not how, done with it yet. So how, um, how quick is that? Like, is that one of those you can sit down and get a, get a game in real quick and get your fix or do you got to sit down for a while? Um, it's, it kind of sits in between. It's not, it's definitely not the kind of game that you can just while you're on the subway or while you're on a bus, play it real quick and, and hop out. Like you, you have to dedicate, if you're going to play it, I would say you got to dedicate like a solid 20 or 30 minutes to each each oh, okay. session. It's an airplane but game. But it's Yeah, totally. That's a good a road trip good yeah. name for them. Yep. I've never heard that. That's really good. I just made it up because I'm intelligent. Copyright. That's what I'm saving Deus Ex for cuz that was a dollar. Yeah. So I was like, "Oh, I'll get this." But So so speaking of the the game of the year stuff, the runner up from Apple was device six. Have you have any of you guys played device six yet? I have played device six. Negative. I have not. What Just is Jimmy? it? Nope. It's like <clears throat> a visual novel type game, but it's like super interactive. It's pretty cool. Um, it's from Samogo, right? Samogo made yeah. it, and I I played Year Walk, and it was that is so good, f- fantastic. Oh. Yeah, like I it's I so love that game. I scared the shit out of myself playing that game. <laughs> oh, Dude, the, same the here. one the you're in the outhouse and there's the three wooden babies. Yeah. I was like, oh. nope, I'm playing this game in the you daytime. Know, yeah, I what? I started playing it in the evening. Like it was like uh, I was home alone, you know, and I was like, oh, you know, I don't think it'll be that scary. It doesn't seem like it's going to be one of those like dead face jump out at, out at you type games. And then it's pitch black. I'm slowly playing, and I come in. I'm like, huh. This kind of seems like a part I might get scared at, and you're like, no, turn around the corner, bloody face jumps at you, and I'm just like, oh my god, what yes. have I done? What I have I done? Why I haven't played that. Year walk. It's called Year Walk. If you haven't played Year Walk, that's oh. you can sit down. Well, depending on how well you solve the puzzles, you can sit down in one session and play through Year Walk, yeah. which is what yeah. I oh, did. Oh, definitely. But uh, I would say do cheat. I would say do cheat. Like play the oh game yeah. Oh yeah, to the yeah. point if that you're... you're stuck and then look up a walkthrough. Because I, I, the one bad part about it is it's so linear that you can get stuck. So I would just, you know, if you have to go through, because it's still a, a great story and it is tragic that that sort of puzzle game just has, you know, if you take the wrong path, you can be walking around for a half hour not knowing what to do. Um, right. It's hard yeah. to navigate sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's but very... they have a companion app also, and I, I really don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but it's really cool um, if you're into Swedish like folklore or just folklore and like stories in general. The All of the scary things you see in the game, there's a companion app that actually tells you the Swedish folklore about oh, wow. these. And, and, it's, yes. and, and there's a tie-in between the, the companion and the game, and it's all uh, amazing experience. So, I mean... Getting back to like the the game of the year stuff, I didn't play um, their new title, but I was uh, you know I'm sure Device Six is 
awesome. And I, I guess it is kind of strange that I didn't play it, considering I liked Year Walk so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like Year Walk more than Device 6. Like, Device 6 was just prettier, I think. And it, it's easy to, like, ooze over, you know? Like, oh, it's so pretty. But, like, as far as the overall product goes, I definitely think Year Walk is a more well-put-together title. I think yeah. it's also a, something that, or uh, at least, like, Device Sigmogo's uh, Device 6 and Your Walk both are kind of genre-defining slash, like, games that mm. there's not a lot out of. They're mm-hmm. so unique, and so that's a big part of it, is that even though some people say, like, it might they not, might not be the best type of game, but there's nothing else that gives you that experience right now right, on, right. on iOS. No, and I would Your almost say... Is it... Would you... I mean, it's kind of borderline, maybe not a... Especially Device 6 is borderline... Not really a game, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. Device 6 is... I would... Like, if someone got in an argument over whether Device 6 is a game or not, I would maybe even lean towards not a game. It's more of like... <laughs> it's an interactive it's novel. A, it's yeah. a life. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> They're getting better at that. Like, Year Walk was a game to me. Because, like, it had a... I don't know. I don't know why, but I just felt like it was. I was playing a game. I don't yeah. know. Um, did you guys also check out like you know the iPad? There's iPhone and then iPad as well. Uh, no, is there a different? Like, yes, they have different game of the year. Yeah, what are Bad, they on? Badland one on iPad. Okay, and then uh, XCOM Enemy Unknown was a runner-up as well as Impossible Road. And oh. if you haven't played Impossible Road, you need to play oh, yeah. it. Uh, it is fantastic. Wow, XCOM yeah, won runner-up? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's... I wouldn't expect that. Huh. Yeah. I guess I, I, I wasn't a fan of that version. It, so. I played it. Yeah. Uh, I but... never never did. Yeah, I have it. I, still, I didn't know they had different ones. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's smart, yeah. actually. Be- Badland's good, though. I like Badland. That game's pretty. Hey, so out of all <laughs> these games, if you had, if you had the, the chance to play... Because I know... Between all of us, there are a lot of these games that we haven't, some of us haven't played, some of us haven't finished. Uh, which game, out of all these games that you haven't played, if you could just sit down and play through before the end of the year, which one would you want? Gone Home. I want to play that so bad. So I haven't had I. time yet. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Now's your time, because of Steam sale. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's cheap I, even I not PC on the Steam sale. PC game. Yeah. It was like $5 on the Humble Store the other day. Yeah, it was yeah. five bucks from Humble Bundle. Does anybody know? Can that be played? And I'm I'm sure one sit through, or once. Oh yeah, sitting? you have to. Okay. If like it'll break, it'll like break the game for you if you don't in one sitting. It's just like it builds so well that you just it's like two and a half hours tops really. And okay, the, two the and a half to- hours for Jimmy, or two and a half uh, no, hours like, for people who play games. People who play <laughs> casually. <laughs> Well, so yeah, five hours. Did Jimmy just like burn through games or what? <laughs> well, I yes. review games, but I wasn't planning on reviewing it, and then I did. But um, no, I'm really bad at puzzle games, and it took me two and a half. But I, I think like people are, a lot of people are better at puzzles than me. It would probably only take an hour and a half, two hours. Like I was apparently on the long end, and I like knew I would get to parts where I knew how to solve the puzzle, but I would like explore. So I wouldn't advance the game in case I would get locked out of an area. Oh, I hate that. I hate so that. I I think I'm in the minority in how long it took. 
Right. That sounds completionist or completionistic. Yeah. yeah. I, oh man, Assassin's Creed Four is how I am. like my nightmare right now. <laughs> Can't do that. I gave up on that a long time ago. I still so like much. to consider myself a completionist, and then I sit down with the game, and I'm like, all right. Assassin's Creed 4, a perfect example. I sit down and I'm like, I'm going to get every fucking treasure chest and every sh- sea shanty and every everything. Yeah. And then I get about 40% done and I look over at my Vita or my DS or my phone and I'm like, man, there's that game on there that I haven't played yet. I- I'm just yeah. going to play that for like an hour and then yeah. I never play Assassin's Creed again. <laughs> it's terrible. I still haven't finished GTA 5 and I- I'm so ashamed oh. to admit that. I actually watched GTA 5. Sometimes it's a Watch better it? experience. Like I think I, that would like be as a better. let's play or uh, just like with a friend. Basically, the day that it came out, I had a second uh, monitor running all day for the full week. I think I had a second, like I had a secondary monitor that had a Twitch stream of guys that were doing <laughs> like just play, just playing GTA, and so that's it. Cool. That was like my entire experience with GTA Five has been watching, and I feel like I get it because honestly, like I do not have the time to sit through a game that's so explo- like so like that and I've played other I've played enough open world games that I get it um, but I wanted to see it and so honestly it was it, probably the just as equal experience for me just watching people do ridiculous stuff and seeing the storyline yeah that's pretty it's cool such a really good mix between Goodfellas and Heat that's what isn't, I felt like the isn't that what every GTA it. is a really right. good mix of a couple movies uh, yeah yeah but this one like I felt like I was finally playing like Heat, and I w- it felt so cool. You felt like Val Kilmer, and then it took like <laughs> twenty hours, and I was like, "Oh my god, just let me beat this game already!" <laughs> yeah, I need to go back through and just finish it. I again, I got all completionist on myself. I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do everything." Oh no, never! And It'll then, never. <clears throat> Dude, and no. then the the next gen launched, and I still haven't turned my PS3 on since. Nope. You know, I, I have I so to. many plus titles that I just. I'll probably never play. My PS3 <laughs> and my 360 are sitting in a corner unplugged now. Well, at least I have mine plugged in still. <laughs> I don't have enough have... outputs, man. Or inputs. Yeah. Have you guys been playing a lot of PS4 and also with multiple people? No. Not multiple I've been people. playing a lot of PS4, so... but not with anybody but myself. Yeah, yeah so I've just the... been playing by myself. Yeah, I, I don't have PS4, but, uh, well, a bunch of the guys in the office do, but I've been over at my friend's house playing. What's funny to me is how bad they've screwed up, like, users and logging in and save data. Oh. Like, we logged in and we're playing Trine 2, which is amazing. And then I had made an account and I logged in and then, you know, someone is, like, in control. It's kind of like, you know, one of the players is player currently the, the player one and then it was mm-hmm. me and then at the end it's like okay well i'm gonna log out and you're like logging out and it's like oh i bet it'll delete all your save data and you're like uh off the machine and i'm like well is the trying to save data on the machine or is it on my account or yeah i know it's backed up and everyone's like nobody knows what's gonna happen and all the prompts are always like oh are you sure you want to delete everything i'm like well no <laughs> like what the hell are you talking uh, about anyways it uh, is ser- even my buddy that owns a playstation still doesn't know and he just left my user logged in because uh, we don't it really sounds know about like par is. for the course for like yeah. both the systems right now yeah, yeah. Like, what the hell not, are they it's doing it's not automatic like it doesn't upload your save to your account i know that like i wouldn't delete it it's so goofy <laughs> both both so machines stupid. are I'm kind of disappointed in how few games let you play with two people split screen. Like, Rezogun mm-hmm. seems like a perfect um, couch co-op game, and it's online only. And 
Dude, local co-op is dying. This. It's dying. Really so sad. Do you think so? Back, though. I, I think was actually so. going to say that it it's in a revitalized state right now. Yeah, like now. Samurai Gun and yeah. uh, oh, and Towerfall and the Ouya. Uh, even though we can talk about Ouya being like um, possibly failing at this point, but it's still allowing more and more independent developers to make right. games. And all of my most fun games of the year, like from a sheer like just I'm having fun, are multiplayer local games. See, that's crazy. I I thought like we haven't quite seen because it, it it happens in waves with everything, where you kind of you bottom out and all of a sudden it dies and you don't see it for about a year and then all of a sudden it hits this like revive where it starts coming back up and I felt like we hadn't. But then again, I play a lot of larger console games, so mm-hmm. like Diablo three on a console was the experience for me oh, as far as so like good. local co-op. local co op definitely. Right? <clears throat> but you, but think, you don't see it that often anymore on bigger console games. I think we're right at the beginning of it coming back. I hope like, so, man. Yeah, like Diablo, so. Towerfall, Samurai Gun, all those. But at this Are, point, I really don't have any friends my age that still want to play games with yeah. me. You know what I'm saying? Like, then play with somebody older or younger. Get some new friends. <laughs> get some new friends. Yeah, that's, oh, that man. was the thing about when I lived next to Chris. I was at his house like every day, and we would play shit all night. But once I moved, yeah. I kind of... I don't have anybody to play with like that anymore. Same thing. Same thing here. Yeah, it's going to be weird. Samurai Gun is coming to PS4 and Vita, but that's going to be one of the very first like indie titles that I won't default to Vita on because that game is a couch co-op game, and like playing online with two Vitas just doesn't seem like the best way to play it, which is going to be weird because yeah. for basically every indie game I played this year on a PlayStation console... I've waited until the Vita one came out. So, yeah. have you played a lot of Samurai Gun? And as follow up, have you played much Towerfall? Yes, Ooh. I have played both to an extreme extent. And what are your what are your opinions about both of them? I like Towerfall more, but I can't tell if it's because it was like it felt like it was revitalizing the genre for me. You know, yeah. like I was just so wowed by it. I feel like that kind of gives it bonus points. But I, I, they're different enough to where I don't long for the other one while I play one, you know? Yeah. Like, they're just, they're perfectly different. I don't know how to explain it. I don't have, know. I really like them both. Have any of you guys played both of them as well, or? I haven't tried either of them yet. Uh, yeah, I've uh, not played either. Because playing, no. I saw, I saw Samurai Gun at GDC, um, as at a party, actually. I think, actually, this was a party where, like, Phil Fish was DJing. And there's like a back, a back Was it all wall. just like really depressing emo yeah. music? It's it strange. No, he was, like... he was excited. He it was like some, oh, some fat beats, but. His uh, tweets during GDC were the best. His pictures. Know. It's like yeah. him open mouthed, <laughs> all of them. Yeah. There's so many just like you'd see people passed out and it'd be like, who's that? And it'd be like some popular indie developer would happen all the time. And anyways, Sam, they were playing Samurai Gun on the back wall. And I saw it and I was like, that is amazing. Like, I. I'm so excited for that game. Everything about it, like all my friends that play Smash Bros are going to be so excited for this game. And then Towerfall came out first. And I was honestly mad about Towerfall not, like, I don't like the game mode where it's last man standing, or at least at the time I didn't like it as much, because I would much rather have people respawning so that it's just like Mm. a flurry, like things are happening a lot. But then we kept playing Towerfall, and we like modified the settings and like took off auto balance, and it got to the point where I was like, you know what, this is really good. Like I'm actually 
I'm okay with it not respawning. So then Samurai Gun comes out, and I'm like, sweet, like, respawning right away. And I haven't played it as much, but I'm actually, like, not as impressed as I thought. Or maybe not not impressed, like, I still like the game, but I, I don't think that spawning over and over was big a deal as I thought it would be at the time. Yeah. Right. Hmm. I agree with you and 100% of that. <laughs> yeah. But do you like it, though? Obviously, like, you're, if you're playing... Uh, I, but do you think Samurai Gun's harder? Like, could, uh, I, I can get people to play Towerfall that don't know how to play video games. Yeah, and Samurai no, Gun looks brutal. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Like, Towerfall, I can just hand a controller to someone, and it's it works. And then Samurai Gun is like, well, well, like, you know, I have to, like, teach people how. But once people get it, it's really fun. Mm-hmm. I just... Like, Towerfall, you just kind of know what to do when you have the controller. You're like, oh, I move with the joypad, and then I shoot with X or whatever it is on Ouya. You know, like, it just works really well. But I feel like Samurai Gun is, I mean, it's just, it's different enough, but I definitely, I think I would have to pick Towerfall over which I prefer. Crazy. Yeah, it's so tough. Yep. So before we we exit this uh, section, the last big thing that that happened this week is uh, Walking Dead season two started. Uh, well, kind of. It kind of started a couple weeks ago, depending on where where you play it. But <clears throat> has any have you guys played through season one? Okay, so I played the demo, but I was so against playing that game because I hate the TV show so much. Oh, <laughs> so oh, much. Okay, but, 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 okay. So then I was watching it with Warren, and then this week he decided to start re-watching it while I was sitting on the couch playing video games. And then I started to, like, watch it out of the corner of my eye and just, like, follow the story and not be completely, like, freaked out every time a zombie came out because I just can't stand being scared. So now I'm starting to get back into it, and I oh. might have to play the games. Okay, so your issue wasn't that the the show was bad; you just don't like zombies. I fucking hate zombies so much. <laughs> <laughs> I hate them. You just you just have to give zombies a chance. I know. No. They're oh nice. man, that's great. <laughs> no, the show they kind of realize that there's a lot of people like that. So as it goes on, the zombies just come in. It goes from like zombies popping out and scaring you to like. A huge you know wave the of zombies, zombies are coming. Like yeah. they'll they'll tease it before the episode and say this is going to be like a whole episode about zombies, and then it'll just be like right. all action shots. Yeah, they kind of let like you know what's going on. But um, the game, uh, I played season one on Vita because I played it. I started it on PC, and every time a new episode would come out, it would wipe my save. So I would really? keep having to replay the game, and I got to episode four, and I was like. Fuck this! I'm just gonna wait until all five are out and replay That's it. The shit, yeah. Yeah, I was sucks. beyond pissed because I would email Telltale and they'd be like, "It's only happening to you." And then I'd go on <laughs> the Steam discussions and like, so many people would be like, "Yeah, this is like the shittiest thing ever." And then it came out on Vita, and that version of the game looks okay and runs okay. And I was like, "Shit, I'm gonna beat it on here, and then it's gonna be crappy when season two comes out." But um, the 400 Days DLC on Vita runs and looks perfect. So I don't, I think, I'm hoping that the Season 2 will be good. Like, worth the wait. Because that's where I'm going to play it. I just don't trust Telltale anymore. Yeah. <laughs> PC. Which, that's the, one, that's the one place it hasn't come yet. Yeah. I, I'll wait. I don't know. I'm just like, 
I played Sam and Max, and those games were pretty good. And then I played Back to the Future, and those were like a little bit broken. And then I played Jurassic Park, and that game fell apart. Yeah, let's not talk about Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah. And then I played Walking Dead, and it broke. So I'm like, you know what, Telltale, I'm just done with you guys on PC. I'm sorry. Their storytelling has been getting better, but I think yeah. that there definitely needs some uh, development help. Isn't it crazy, though, that like this is these games are being held in such high regard which they should be because you're right the storytelling is is getting pretty good but those games all their games i've never played a telltale game that isn't like broken in some way (laughs) yeah like my lee in the pc one i don't know what like what he hated all of his limbs apparently because i would start the game and sometimes (laughs) he'd just be like a torso floating and like sometimes he wouldn't have arms and one time he had no legs and like it's wow. like really funny and it ruins all the tension which is bad but i don't know you're gonna just... say you booted it up and lee was like a white dude you're like what the hell <laughs> no like one time um they like it was just their teeth and their eyes were just floating it was yeah, really dude. weird that's telltale so, fuck them with you yeah <laughs> i don't yeah, know I'm, I'm just you. Honestly, I like every time they announce a game, a new one, I cringe because I'm like, God, why don't you guys just finish one and make sure it like actually works instead of working oh. on like Wolf Among Us, Walking Dead Season 2, uh, Game of Thrones, all this stuff, you know? It's like on every console. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't understand how they can even do that, working all these yeah. games. I, I, I just wish that they would stop. Hopefully they do this when they they jump to whatever they're going to work on next, whether it be the Borderlands title or Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Ugh, but man. I hope they just build a new engine or do whatever you need to do to fix the technical issues. It's My game save for Walking Dead is on iOS. and Oh, I'm so sorry. I suffered through it on you iOS. It's suck. still a good experience, but it was painful. It just was it, broken, and I couldn't make it through uh, uh, Back to the Future because it was completely broken. Oh, God. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Have you played? uh, You play into the Telltale games, Arlen? Sadly, I have not. I have watched a few of them, which is like I don't. It doesn't. I don't want it to make it sound like all I do is watch games, but (laughs) I have to pick and choose my battles. I'm gonna start doing this. (laughs) But uh, seriously, I I really miss a few years ago when I was living in a house with like three uh, three other buddies. I would just like come home and you're like exhausted from the day, and someone's like playing Bioshock, and you just you just sit down and you just like watch Bioshock, kind of like pass out on the couch. And I'm like, I actually felt like I got to watch way more games then. Like I was more in tune with AAA right. titles because I could watch other people. Uh, but yeah, I don't have that as as much. So now I have to rely on Twitch streamers. Um, but yeah, I haven't. I've I haven't played them, but I've basically heard great things and the same about the technical issues. That it's an ongoing problem with Telltale stuff. Do you yeah. have like a PS3 or a, a 360? No, oh, I would just wait. It, yeah, in the in the way, um, I mean, I just have enough friends and you know people in the company and whatnot that have systems that it kind of doesn't make sense for me to right. have them. Do you guys um, currently, have like a lounge room with that stuff in it where you know people go during lunch breaks and play that stuff? Or well, I mean, we're only eight people, so we're pretty much like in one room already. We work in okay. a loft, um, and we do have like a little living room area with an Ouya hooked up, but. Yeah. Yeah, um, we have had an Xbox in the office, but on and off as well. I mean, we're still mobile focused, so I mean, we'll play. Yeah. We're always all the mobile games that come out. We'll be play testing, and if any anything's multiplayer, but um, 
you definitely hear um, what's coming out because every day we'll have like short meetings, and sure enough, a game will be brought up when it's new, and people will be talking about it. So, have you guys ever thought about bringing any of your games to like Ouya or Vita? I know we those have, are different. Yeah, um, currently. I'm tr- I'm trying to think like non-disclosure type things on both. We have, we would really like to be on consoles. Um, it's kind of just technology's got to be in the right place for us to move over right. there. I also do think that with the whole indie scene, like indies moving more to uh, towards being able to get onto the larger consoles easier, and you know, like you got Steam Greenlight and whatnot. But we've been so mobile focused that that's what we've been doing. We don't have current plans to to like port anything, but. Mm-hmm. We're looking into things like Unity. Uh, we have a couple games coming out on Unity, like that we're publishing. And as we move into that technology, it allows us to easily just push out to whatever system we want. Um, okay. So I'd be shocked. We'll we'll definitely have something out on um, some consoles or console-like machines. Like I don't know you, if you consider a Steam uh, OS a console, but we'll have things out on consoles eventually. Cool. Uh, we do have two things on the Ouya though. We have uh, League of Evil. We ported over to the Ouya, and we have. Uh, box cat um, part of our business of yeah well part of our business mm-hmm. is actually that we take ios games and we have the ability to port them over to android okay um, oh, so cool. we have over like 35 titles published on google play and Shit, you know man. yeah we worked with ravenous games and we uh, were able to port league of evil over to android and then we did the work to get some they already it supported iCade on ios so it was easy for us to just add controls and put on the ouya as well box cat uh, by um, rusty moyer we move that to Android, then we're able to get onto the Ouya. Uh, and we've talked with them a decent amount, and really, I mean, we would move all of our titles over there if the downloads were there, but they're just right. a little behind, right? It's just, it's not right. killing it, and with us, we actually have so many games that we're looking at publishing right now. Uh, we have probably 14 games that will be, that are already signed, that we're working on porting, um, to come yeah. out in 2014, so we can't waste time uh, moving to other consoles like the Ouya, unless we really know that the downloads are going to be there. Damn. I think that you should definitely put Super Stigman Golf 2 on Vita. I think that would yeah. be good. <laughs> you know what? I think that would work. I think that would work well. It would. Yeah. We've had a lot of fights about that, though. We have had fights about the controls and about what we would do. Um, oh, it's I think got if, the touchscreen. Yeah, well, that's true. Um, and it's really I think good. I would love to see it as a local multiplayer game, but that brings up oh. issues whether or not you'd split screen it or you'd zoom all the way out or, mm-hmm. or that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something that we've thought of. I think it would have to wait until we get, until we move our tech over to Unity, because um, currently getting, like, we'd be recoding, or I'm not even right. sure what our strategy would be to get it over. It's all written in Cocos 2D um, and, well, like, iOS initially, so I don't know. It, it'll... It'll probably happen eventually, but who knows how long. Uh, yeah. We really are big fans of the Stick Golf like series. We don't <laughs> want to be a development studio that's only releasing, you know, like like Team Seventeen that releases like Worms Twenty Three this year. Or whatever. <laughs> I mean, oh, we man. don't want to be that, and we have other titles in the makings. But I think that Stick Golf is going to be a series that we keep going for a long time. It's mainstay, yeah. It better be. <laughs> I um, I have one question i just thought of this actually sorry uh for you what do you think i've just realized you're like a mobile developer it's like just kidding. what do you <laughs> think of how, <laughs> how like you know how angry birds star wars is coming out on everything now yeah but it's like 60 dollars on ps3 oh, and 40 dollars on ps like what do you think of that 
Um, like, I just want to hear it from a mobile developer's perspective because, like, from my perspective, it's like the game is exactly the same. Why the fuck definitely. am I paying? Yeah, is that um, a development um, a price of development? Getting no, that's like that's buyer, Activision or? probably, but there is you know. definitely prices to that come into play in order to get onto like a larger system like that. But I think that yeah. that is mostly the market and the societal impacts of the old school market and. Right. If you look at a group, I don't know, if you look at a console where most of the games are 60 bucks, you can't come out and release a game for a dollar. That's, like, going to destroy things. So it's also oh. even <laughs> possible that there's, there's like, influence within from higher up um, preventing people from putting their games too cheaply. Okay. But it's tough to say, really, on every market now, you can put the price where you want. Uh, ooh, yeah was trying to push for more of a premium market, so they wanted you to try it. But, you know, the, so our games on ooh, yeah are a little more pricey. Um, but they don't have things like ads. Um, it's kind of just like every market kind of figures out what the medium price is. Mm-hmm. I do think it's preposterous to have these 60, some of these $60 titles, especially, yeah, like you said, when they're available for much cheaper and it looks almost the same. Uh, at one point, you may have had to like fully rewrite the game in order to get it like onto the PlayStation, and it's possible they had to do that. So, you know, it's realistic that the game would be more expensive, right. but to have it you know, 6,000 or whatever, you know, percent higher. It's it's a tough, that's a tough sell to me. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. So I I have a question for you since, since I've been playing with one the last week, now that iOS seven has controller support built in, is that something that you guys have thought about or? Yeah, we've looked into it a bit, um, but we don't have one in the office yet. Well, we don't have a controller in the office. Um, Android supported various controllers for a long time. Sadly, mm-hmm. I think it's just still a niche. It's just such a the number of people that are going to be downloading games with controller support, and the number of people that are download or buying controllers is very small. Oh yeah, so, absolutely. Um, it's tough device. for us to to dedicate that. It's really a numbers game at some point, and we do need to. I mean, it's a business as much as it is a hobby, um, and we just have to go where the users are. And I don't think there's a lot of people in controller land yet yeah but so we'll, as, we'll probably bake it in but it's definitely not like a super high priority right as a developer how much how much of the resources would you guys have to give to something like that to add i mean stickman golf doesn't need controller support obviously but mm-hmm. if if you wanted to add something like that in how much would you guys have to, you know, devote to that in order to get? Is it something that's easy to do? Because I, I know nothing about. You know what the so. funniest thing is the in this is our battle with Ouya. So the games that we ported to Ouya already had controllers baked in, um, and the reason is the hardest part has nothing to do with touching a button. Because for me to code something, oh, touch this left button and you move left, that is like a minute of work. But to get the menu set up for buttons is a lot of work. So you need right. the graphical assets and the workflow is way more hard than the game. So right. if you were allowed to just end, uh, like, Ouya was tough because there's no real touch element, right? Like, you can't touch your TV. Right. But um, some games well. on the iCade, like, <laughs> some games on the iCade, they came out and it's like, you can you have to touch all the menus. You actually have to touch start, touch all this. But once you get in the game, then the iCade controls come in, right? So that's mm-hmm. trivial to add. But with the stores, a lot of the times that they require a lot more integration. They require you to integrate to uh, an extent where you hit B, you go back a menu. You hit this, you know, a, a selected state on a button. These all don't seem that big, but that's a huge deal when you didn't think about 
controls initially, and then you're like, oh, let's just add a controller interface to it. It's just right. that's the work, and so it's more graphical, and, it, and every game's a little bit unique. I'd say working forward right now, like I'm working on a prototype, and from day one, the prototype I've already I had controllers baked in. I've thought of the the interface for you know, uh, yeah, a controller and for touchscreen and for this aspect ratio and that, but it's kind of just the problem going backwards. I think going forwards, it's becoming easier, but retrofitting stuff is just, is always going to be tough. Yeah. Cause I'm playing, I bought a, one of those Mogas, the yep. Moga power ace or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I've noticed it differently on different games. So some games you plug the controller in or you put your phone into the controller, mm -hmm. all the virtual controls disappear and it instantly becomes a controller based game. Yeah. And then there's a couple other games that I've been playing where the touch controls and the interface still stay on the screen, but the controller controls the game. So yeah, mm -hmm. it's, I could, I never, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. And with Moga, we've been talking to them about integration and, um, I believe they do allow you to just do a lot of touch and then, uh, just do the game controls. So that's a nice thing. But again, mm -hmm. it's just such, it's so tough. Nobody, everybody's fighting this weird battle. Like it's just like with the, Ooh, yeah, there's a game stick and there's this, all these other products that are out there that are trying to be like the Ouya. Mm -hmm. And so for us, like we got to see which one is going to uh, prevail. If we were right. a bigger studio, if we were a huge studio, this wouldn't be a problem. We'd just set like one or two guys being like, Hey, you know, add Ouya support and they'd go do it. But we only have eight guys. Uh, six of them are developers. So all of our time is really uh, <laughs> timely, I suppose. Yeah. So how do you feel about the, uh, the way that, I know early on in the, in the life of the App Store, <clears throat> there was a lot of, or at least I heard about a lot of developers complaining about how the uh, the charts worked and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Has that has that gotten any better in the recent years, or is it still pretty terrible to deal with as a developer? I would say it's harder to get be gamed in a unconventional sense. I think it's harder to game with bots, for instance. There's a period of time in which it was quite obvious that people were buying installs in a way that they were just getting like bot farms to, to, to push their way up. Hmm, um, but now I, I think that, that advertising... Yeah. People underestimate the impact of advertising in games, and uh, if you play games with ads in them, you will see lots of ads for games like um, Candy Crush Saga, because mm -hmm. they just... they have they're already in visibility at the top, but they spend a ton of money just, and it's not, you know, it's not like they're getting downloads. Um, they're getting legit downloads. It's just that they're running them through ads. And so that's a huge deal. People, people have budgets, like they have million dollar budgets per month just to keep that ads, those ads oh, up wow. to keep the game on top. And so the, it's not really fair, fair competition anywhere. Um, but I don't know what <laughs> model would be like. It's just not. Anytime you have rankings or you know visibility, it's not fair. It's also. I mean, it's not fair that Apple can be like, oh, today we're featuring your app and it's going to get a thousand percent more downloads, right? Because that's in mm -hmm. Apple's hands. They decide who is going to. Um, well, not just Apple. Everybody. Amazon on the Amazon store. Google on their store. Um, I'm sure it's going to be just like that on on Xbox One and PS4 in a curated store where you have features, those are super important and impactful. So yeah, right. it's it's kind of a mess. But, I mean, we just learn we've got to work within the system, so we've got to figure out ways that we can drive users and uh, keep our games at a quality level and people keep people seeing them, which is also, I guess, why we got into publishing because we've been fairly successful with that and people want to launch with us because we have 
you know, a lot of people on Facebook watching us, a lot of people on Twitter. Um, we have a history of quality, so we just have more visibility on us. Right. Um, so you, you just probably... have to really work within the system, but there's no perfect system. Right. Um, what were you going to say, Jimmy? You guys published Punch Quest, right? Yeah. Uh, um, that's like one of my favorite iOS games. <laughs> when that came out, it was free, right? And then <laughs> wasn't it like the game gave you so much for free that no one was doing microtransactions or something? Like, what's well, the story with that? Yeah, but, I mean, um, we we met up with those guys like from Rocket Cat and uh, and Keppa. I was chatting with him at, at GDC at the Tetracade party, and I mean, it's just tough. Uh, the freemium model just wasn't working well, and it, the question is it whether or not so it's like much. was the tuning. Yeah, like was it a tuning thing? Like the game's always been good, but it just wasn't. Yeah, it, it wasn't monetizing well. So on iOS, they had flipped it. They kind of went back and forth where they were like at a, a free model and a paid model, uh-huh. um, which you can do on iOS. And a little bit controversially, we went. It's paid on Android right now. Um, but to us, that was just the quality. The title is awesome. It's such a great quality game, yeah. and the monetization they've they've really nailed down. Um, not necessarily the carrot on the stick, but you know, like they've they've nailed it down so it doesn't feel like you're grinding and not getting anywhere. So you can play it for an extended period. Um, yeah. But I think yeah, that's just it's really tough getting that balance. You gotta do a lot of playtesting, and even if you do, it's hard to get enough playtesters. Like you launch a game, you get like ten thousand people in the first couple days. And then suddenly you're like, oh man, like people are progressing way faster than we thought, or you know, um, you've got to be able to tune that, and that's that's you know what they had to do over a short period of time. Yeah, um, I I beat it without paying anything really yeah. late in the game. Yeah, and nice. it, so I I loved paying. I honestly I don't like freemium. I like just paying for the game, but mm-hmm. that that was such a good game that worked out really well. I don't. I didn't really understand why there was controversy behind it because it just like it makes sense like yeah. we put out our game for free we need to make money on it we give yeah. away too much for free yeah we still need to make money like that shouldn't in my opinion be a controversy that should be like common sense like the way we were going to make money isn't making money we need to change that i feel like yeah yeah that game that game's great honestly i just i didn't know you guys published that that's really cool yeah, just on Android, and we've been we've talked about putting it on Ouya, but it's kind of just that the whole thing we had talked about earlier. Um, it is a good time. I think there are bad ways to do in-app purchases, but generally we try to stay away from those types of games. Yeah. Do you and, have like a worse in-app purchase game that you've experienced? Oh, I mean, Touch Arcade had this one that was like just for fun. They did it. It was like everything you did it was like imagine mario and you like jump on a monster and it's like oh you killed him but oh wait you can't jump on monsters anymore you gotta pay a buck if you want to jump on a monster (laughs) and like everything it just kept you know you learned how to use the fireball spell oh no you can't a fireball is a buck and it just kept doing that over and over again so i don't think i have any game that does that that's successful uh maybe candy crush but it's obviously i don't know if i really love the way they've done in-app purchases but it's interesting because you're basically locking, stopping progress for people before, yeah. like, with a paywall. But with mobile gaming, I mean, they've set up the game and they really want you to play it at a certain pace. You know, they only want you to play a little bit at a time. But I'm all for transact. Like, man, I, I, at a certain age when I had time, you know, you have more time than you have money. Yeah, like, I'm totally going to grind that stuff. I'm going to grind to get right. a level 60 character. I'm going to grind for that. 
I was so excited when Diablo 3 was announced and I was going to be able to buy weapons because I was like, I don't have any time. I literally just want to come home and be like, here's 20 bucks, give me a sword that's awesome, and I just right. want to play and compete. And uh, we all know how well that went for, yeah, right. for Blizzard, but you know the idea of it, I like that. I like being able to progress at a reasonable, like, speed my, my progression up without breaking the game. So, so my, oh. my, my biggest issue that I think I have right now and maybe you can give me a little insight on this with the freemium model is like plants vs. zombies 2 is a perfect example for me that i can think of right now mm-hmm. where I'm a, i love plants vs. zombies and then when plants vs. zombies 2 came out um it kind of added that uh that angry birds-esque three star t- you know yeah map that they have on there <clears throat> and it kind of felt like you get to the end of the map if you have enough stars you can just go into the next world or you can buy enough stars you can just buy the stars and go into the next world I kind of felt like if they're allowing you to skip past going back and replaying these missions in a different manner that mm-hmm. maybe it almost wasn't worth it just seems to me like they're saying you can just bypass that stuff like yeah. it's it's not good enough I felt like it was almost them, like a way of saying like this isn't necessarily good enough to replay again so if you just want to like pay a couple bucks you can get past that and there seems to be like that really fine line of mm-hmm. in freemium games of doing that and how, how do you guys feel about or you know you maybe you personally feel where that line is or <clears throat> I mean I guess it's sometimes it's hard to say if who's uh, who knows best who knows best for the user, right? Like, you're forcing the user to replay levels. Right. Like, is that good or bad? Like, should they? You're like, oh, I really wish that player... I really wish players would play, like, in our game. Like, I wish they'd play Dapper Dunes more. Well, I mean, if they don't play it more, maybe it's just not good. Like, uh, maybe... Like me, like, I don't have the time. So maybe I... Like, with Plants vs. Zombies, I really just want to get to the end. So it's right. not that the, I don't actually... Like, I would love to go back and play those levels, but I, I really just want to play through once and leave. And so I think that it's just catering to different play styles. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's tough, because, yeah, if you cater to too many play styles, you're, you know... You can't cater to everybody. You're probably not going to be as yeah. successful. You gotta and pick that's where I niche. found myself with Plants yeah. vs. Zombies 2. It kind of turned me off a little bit. It made me feel like if they're offering... For me to buy my way through this stuff, then maybe it's not worth me going back and grinding my way yeah. through it. Well, how many of you guys here have actually have bought in in at purchases? Oh, I buy in at purchases all I, the time. I've, I've purchased. Yeah. Let's see, and like I'm you're in the minority. You're totally in the minority, really. Like, you read Touch Arcade or, or IGN or you know Polygon, and everybody's just oh, in at purchases. It's a dollar. Ah. Yeah. Well, it's always the ones that don't want to pay that are the most vocal. Totally. So. I remember one time Arlen and I met because we work in similar areas and in similar industries. In the same province. A, in the same province. And we <laughs> spoke at the same conference once. And Noodle Cake was giving away, if you won their competition, you got free Noodle Cake games for life, I think it was, or yeah. something like yeah. that. And somebody didn't win. <laughs> and That's a sweet-ass prize. Like, Arlen asked this person, did you play my game yet? And he's like, no, can I have a download code? And he's like, no. He's like, well, I don't want to pay for it. And he hands him a loony. Here's your download code. It's literally $1. Wow. <laughs> and it's just like people don't have that co- concept of money, it appears, when it comes mm. to 
software on your mobile device. Yeah, it blows my mind. I hate that. Well, yeah, like, people don't look at it as being tangible. For some reason, they, they don't think it, it holds as much worth as something that you can go in the store and buy. Yeah. yeah. Like, Jimmy, do you ever ask – you probably ask for uh, codes from people to review oh, games? Yes. Basically, so, I, I always ask. But what gets me is when, like, someone's asked for a code and we're like, oh, like, you know, we're out of codes right now or, or whatever. We haven't got back to them. And, like, we get another email, like, maybe even a third, being like, yeah, can we get a code? And it's like, dude, it's a buck. Yeah, no, it's I don't ask buck. for like just I don't ask it. for iOS games. I ask for Jimmy. I ask for Republic because um that's like a large I consider that to be like, you know, like one of those bigger blockbuster type games, but really other than that, I buy all iOS games. Like anything under ten dollars yeah. really I'll buy because you know, why not? Yeah, that's like, a bought, business expense. You can expense that anyways, right? Like I was gonna buy Runner Two on Vita. But ga- I love Gaijin so much, and they ended up just giving it to me. And I like, I wish there was another way for me to go back and buy it again. You know, like yeah. give them money. But I bought you can buy their it games for me on. Later. Yeah, I bought their it. games on yeah, every just console. Buy it for so Eden. <laughs> yeah, yeah gift, I don't feel it, so gift bad. it to all your friends. But you know, like I with with cheaper games, it's I hate the people who go like they ask for a code. And then they don't get one at, like quick, and then they bitch about it on Twitter. Oh my god! Yeah, it's like the worst person in the world. Buy the fucking game, honestly. Yeah. Like, and their website has twenty five hits a day. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> I, I'd love. I don't. I hear back from a lot of people, and when I hear back, like, sorry, we don't have the codes or whatever. Like, I don't feel like the PR person went to my site, said like, oh, they don't get enough, and then lied to me. Like, I feel like they honestly don't have the codes, and I'm like. Okay, cool. Maybe next time you guys come out with the game, I'll email sooner. No big deal. And then I still buy the game. It's just like it's a minor inconvenience rather than like an end of the world totally. situation. Just because I, mean, I really... play, so, I have to play so many games. Like yeah. I could never pay for them all. I couldn't. you just got to get on everybody's press lists, yeah. which is I assume everybody that's doing reviews knows about press lists and right. Uh, and you'll usually get on. But yeah, it's just a funny. Everybody could runs a review site now, right? So it's tough. Yeah, uh, and, and like. And... Some companies are just hard to get on, like their press list. Like they don't oh, have yeah. a good point of contact to where you you could be emailing a week straight and not get you know any reply. Definitely. And then a month later, they're like, "Oh, hey, I just got your email. Uh, here, here's a code." Yeah, you know, definitely. Especially, I think about us because, like, I don't think people think about sizes of studios or people working on games, right? Like, right. we were talking about ridiculous fishing. It's like a three man team. So like you like you think about support emails and stuff coming in and that that what they have to deal with. We have an eight man team with a decent number of games and we're already like it's really tough to keep up with uh with everything that's coming in all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um like they're like I, I don't like I'll ask for giveaway codes sometimes if I really like a game and I feel like it's not doesn't have a big enough fan base in my opinion, like Rainbow Moon was one, and Stick It to the Man just came out was another one. I asked for giveaway codes instead of, yeah, like, free codes. And then, like, that usually works out okay because it actually, the people who lose my giveaway, a lot of them turned around and bought Rainbow Moon, which was cool. Because I got tweets back, like, you know, like, I was upset I lost, but then I bought it just because I had looked it up so much, and I ended up loving it, thanks. You know, like, I feel like that's an okay situation but honestly for one dollar ios games like it's time to get off your your high horse and yeah just 
by the game. You're not Definitely. better than everyone else. That's like one of those situations. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's how I feel on it. it. It's like it's a touchy thing for me, you know. Just people take like, I feel like sometimes their job status, and extend it too far. Yeah. So I I got another question for you, Arlen. <clears throat> as a as a mobile developer, how do you feel about larger like AAA games even though they haven't really but some of them have starting to move into the mobile space at more of a premium price would you want to see more of that or do you think there is just those 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 two markets shouldn't merge no i, I think it's good i think it's a good influence it's possible that uh i mean we bitch you people bitching about a dollar um I and think then they it's see a Square get... Enix game for eighteen ninety nine. Yeah, they're like, exactly. "What the fuck I, is this?" It's so messed up. But different people want different things. We're dealing with an entertainment media or medium, and, and it's still entertainment. And if you look at anywhere else, you look at um, visual media or just like movies and films, and like you've got such a wide range of budgets, and you still go to the theater and pay the same price. Um, mm. But I, I don't know. It's tough to say. I, I do think it's probably low. I think that. Uh, the mobile industry has dug itself into a bit of a hole, and oh, yeah. freemium is so is so out there. But um, I I think it's welcome for the AAA's to come in and try to raise the prices. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's such an even playing field at times because you do have games that are awesome and super long, and you can play for twelve hours. But then there's games that maybe are much simpler and took less time to develop, and they could be grossing more um, mm-hmm. because everybody's on an even playing field for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. So it's tough. To, I, I think it's a welcome change. I think there should be a happy medium. It is pretty <laughs> ridiculous to see these like, yeah, like thirty plus dollar games like Square Enix, especially Square Enix. <laughs> I mean, they're just pumping out the same game. It's like we just paid these guys to port it. We're gonna jack right. the price of thirty, and people buy it. Like, what's yeah. wrong with people? Yeah. I don't understand how people repaying buy for the same game. What's wrong with you, Jimmy? <laughs> Why did you do Jimmy's that? got the whole Final Fantasy collection on his phone right no, now. No, 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 no. Yeah. And the I PC and, and if the consoles. somebody steals his phone, it's actually worth like $3,000 for the amount of overpriced games Jimmy's purchased. No, guys, seriously, the only <laughs> games I have on my phone right now are um, the mail Super Stickman Golf, app. I have Fist of Awesome, Fist Infinity of Blade awesome. 3, uh, Wrestle Jump, and Fight Back. Oh, nice. I have I have more games than I could. I have to delete games in order yeah, to install games. It's ridiculous. Yeah, when I bought a 5S, I had to go up to 64 gig because the uh, I have 16. The, oh. the 16 was just not kick kick or not doing it. And now my iPad's only a 16, and every day I have to delete a game off it to install new stuff. My iPad's 128, and I have to delete stuff off of it Ooh, to install. What the hell, stuff. man? And it's all games. I don't have music. I got a couple movies on there, but I don't have music. Yeah, it's all games and. Oh. A lot of it is games like, you know, I've got all three Grand Theft Autos on there and Max Payne and <laughs> all the all the Telltale Adventures and those things just eat up space like crazy. Definitely. So. Infinity Blade 3 <clears throat> is so big. Mm-hmm. Infinity Blade 3 is a good example. Rage, when Rage came oh, out, that God, was that rage a sizable. Game was huge. Yeah. 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 Infinity Blade 3. What do you think about Infinity Blade, um, Arlen? I like it, but I don't know about the, like... It's they just continue to make the three the the sequels. Um, it's basically the same game, but it's um, it's a tech, not a prototype game. But you know, it's a, it's a tech game. It's like meant to show off how crazy yeah. the graphics are and how crazy. And I mean, uh, it's cool in that sense. But 
Um, I've played it enough that I don't think I need to play it more, basically. Yeah. I, I, but After it is kind of... If you want to show someone... If I want to show someone that's like, people like, oh, I don't know, mobile gaming, I show them Infinity Blade to show, Just like, look at this up. thing. Like, look at how right. crazy these graphics are. So I think it's good to have that around. And it also really does highlight good touch interface and good touch controls. So it's a good... Uh, you know, it's a good series to have around, I think. I love yeah. the lore so much, but they it's all the lore only expands in the novels, which kind of blows. But yeah, I agree with you that they kind like I feel like they want to make it a story-driven game and then they get pushed into making it a tech demo. Yeah. It's like so they'll get it out when the iPhone comes out. And that kind of sucks because chair's cool, but yeah, I just want I thought that's what you're going to say. I just want <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Um, do you I, do you a, think the oh go ahead sorry no well I was just gonna ask you know for some of the listeners let's say there's uh, some people out there that are indie developers and they want to get into pub um, like associated with you guys for publishing what would they have to do to go about doing that or what's the process um well for us really just get your game well obviously start making a game you got to have it on something um, right. and then usually just reach out to us on our website I believe it's like either. I think there's a developer page. Click the developers page. Yeah, yeah, noodlecake.com and the developer page. There's an email address, (laughs) and really, it's just like that's it. Just email us, and usually the best path is here's my game, and I want to like you know maybe get you guys to publish it, and we'll check it out. And as far as publishing goes, I mean, it's very rare that we're just going to have a game that's perfect and that we just publish. So we all uh, honestly go back and forth and decide whether or not we like it and what they think about it, and then negotiate over over agreements and all of that stuff that generally I don't like touching and we have guys that, on our team that, <laughs> that deal with all the agreements and then we figure out you know how can we either like is there things we should do to the game to make it better for each okay. store like there's usually tweaks for uh, when you're launching on different platforms um, you know we've got primarily on the Apple App Store, Google Play, and Amazon. Each one has a little bit different requirements, so then we'll guide them. Sometimes we'll help them code-wise, uh, or they might be doing all the coding, and then we'll just help them through that. Um, but we do screen all the games, and we you know check them out and see what games we like, and we have sadly had to say no to certain games. Um, <coughs> but yeah, it's very informal, honestly. We're just like, the reason that people like us, or at least the way that we think people like us, is because we're just an indie studio. We make our own indie games too, so we can relate to the like two man teams and three man teams right, because right. that's what we're already doing. Um, so really, it's just a conversation, and then uh, then move from there. Okay, but definitely, I mean, and if you're looking to make an indie game and you haven't started, uh, I definitely give a big shout out to Unity uh, as we're, we feel like we're slowly moving over to that more and more, and it's I've really nice that, to yeah. be able to to publish to multiple platforms very easily. And if you're not, I mean, if you don't want to, you work with Unity. Um, Cocos 2D is a great framework. We use it a lot. And it's also what a lot of our publishing uh, and porting, we can port games from iOS over to Android. <coughs> and it's a great way to start uh, as well. Awesome. Cool. I'm, I'm in the process of learning Unity, which means I've opened the website and haven't done anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we have a few questions from the audience. And one of them comes from J. Tyler Green, and it's directed at everybody. And they ask, who is your biggest musical inspiration of all time? Tyler Green says that his is Paul McCartney. 
You know, I was actually just thinking, I was like, man, I thought there was music on this podcast too, and we haven't. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I could sit here and talk about iOS games all day long. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Chris, what's your musical inspiration, though? And oh, don't say Christ. it's an iOS game. Um, Brian Wilson, Beach Boys. Beach Boys. Yeah. Hmm. yeah uh, I, I'd have to say that mine is uh, it's, uh, Dan the Automator. He's real underground uh, hip-hop producer from San, Fr- San Francisco. And everything he makes is just, it's beyond what most hip-hop producers do. It's, it's just very creative and um, it's not as basic and, and stripped down as, as everything else that you hear out there. And he, he's pretty much my big my biggest inspiration for what I do musically. For me, it's probably a mix of a few. But if I have to pick the top two, one, number one would be Nico Case. I just really like the way that she writes her music. And her performance style is really interesting. And also Owen Pallet. He's part of Arcade Fire now. He used to do a solo project called Final Fantasy. He's released a few solo albums since, but just the way that he writes his songs is extremely interesting to me. I'm going to save it. I'm going to save the rant, but I still don't understand how he can call himself Final Fantasy. I know. <laughs> I was going to say something, but I just it. let it go. I, I have well, a huge rant about this. He stopped using that name. He stopped using that name. He should. So I'm, I'm, I'm not Unless sure. Unless he's going to charge $19 for his records. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. name? Nerd rant. Well, there's a a solo artist, and he called himself Final Fantasy, and yeah, he's. I guess he was pretty popular in Canada for a while. I don't know about the states, but I'd never heard of him. No, I have a I'll lot of friends out. that have heard about him, and they are non gamers. And I argued with them about that, and they were like, "Whatever." I was like, "Do you understand how big Final <laughs> Fantasy is?" And yeah, like, I showed like, them Square Enix, and they're like, "Oh, like I'm like this isn't like a little tiny video right. game here, Anyways, right?" Um, it's funny. <laughs> Uh, for the music stuff, I had been like look pondering around. Like, I'm actually I do go to shows, but I'm really bad with artist names and uh, especially my my listening style for music. Um, I listen to Hype Machine every day, all day at work. And if you're not familiar with Hype Machine, it's like hypem.com, and it scrapes blogging websites for me- new music, and it like has oh, a so it's curated, cool. and then cool. it's like here's all the new music. And here's what, and it still has a chart for like you know they'll have a, a popular chart, and it's a three day window. So basically, if you listen to it every day, you're listening to the newest scraped music that's been released, remixes, oh, non remixes, yeah, whatever. That's real cool. So, but I listen to a lot of new stuff, but I have no idea who it is half the time. <laughs> and so I had to go through. I went to my high machine like list of like likes and favorites, and I was like, who the hell is even making these songs? Um, now, but are you active to, about uh, putting likes on stuff so that you can go back and, and take note I'm, of it? Or I'm not. I should. I I realized I'm not <laughs> as much, but I yeah. have a few. Um, but getting back to the question about like ins- music inspiration, uh, this isn't my favorite music inspiration of all time. But I think that currently uh, most inspirational is a tribe called Red. I don't hmm. know if you guys have heard of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are a Canadian group. They're electronic. And they, they're all First Nations musicians, and they describe their music as electric powwow, and it is, is crazy. It is just like... It's um, super good, yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, yeah, it's like powwow. You have, like, like they're, they're mixing, like, dubstep in with some traditional First Nations powwow music, hmm. and, and obviously not, like, there's a lot of pop music broken in there and whatever, but every 
every time I've seen them play, it's just been off the hook, and they, uh, they're visual, they have, like, visuals that play at the same time, and they're also amazing, and it's just, like, the, um, I just love that culture mashup, right, and, uh, it's funny, I was mentioning to people how much I like them, and one of the, um, uh, one of the game studios that we're working with a lot is, uh, Spocko from, uh, Poland, and they have Zombie Road Trip, and I mentioned this to them, and they were like, oh, that's really cool, we kind of have some stuff like that too, and they sent me, like, I don't, just this ridiculous, like, electronic Polish <laughs> music mashups, and right, I was like, oh, and it was, like, it was very similar to A Tribe Called Red, but, like, you know, such a different area of the world I didn't understand, so. You, you gotta shoot us the name of that, that way we can check that out. Oh, with the, uh, the, the one that Spock... Yeah. Uh, oh, man, I, I'll try to dig it up. If I can send it to you, maybe you can put it in show notes. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. But the one that, yeah, tri- A Tribe Called Red, I would definitely tell anybody to go see them live if they can, otherwise listen online, because it's just that so different. It's like nothing you've listened to. <laughs> Speaking of that stuff, what is your guys' most anticipated album for next year? Oh. Mm. I... <sighs> It, granted that it actually comes out next year, <clears throat> whatever Ben Gibbard is working on, whether it be a new Death Cab record or, um, I, I'm assuming it's a new Death Cab record, so probably that, a new Death Cab for Cutie. Oh, that'd be good. Um, I really want a new record from of Monsters and Men. I'm so mainstream, but I really, really like them, and I didn't think I would get sick of that first one, but it's at a point now where I am because it's been a while, but. I'd like new stuff from them and a new album from Anamanaguchi. I know I'm probably not going to get it because their newest one just came out, but they're my musical inspiration because we skipped me. But yeah, I love endless fantasy so much. That's plus Jimmy has his fingers crossed for a new fallout boy. Oh yeah, I do. actually. (laughs) Nice. I love them. So stop me for me. Them and electric guest. I think electric guest could make a new album be really good. Uh, this hasn't been confirmed yet, but I chatted with him last time he was in town, and, and I'll do this for a little bit of our own promotion, but I might... Uh, I've been talking to Teen Days about maybe having him do an album along oh, with wow. a game, uh, which would be pretty hilarious and, and amazing. So if that happens, maybe mentioning it on a podcast will actually make me finish the game, but the prototype's pretty good, so uh, that'd be really cool to have a game uh, with, like... We're going to hold you to it. ...really musically based. Like, I'd really want it to be... Um, tied in with the music, and yeah, Teen Days seemed pretty jacked when I told him about the idea. Nice. He's so that, good. That would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. He comes and plays, he's played uh, at Moso Fest and Moso Conference, which is this uh, mobile social conference that happens in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, uh, every year. Uh, he's come and played at, like, private shows for us, like, there'll be secret shows, and <laughs> we've had him play for us on, like, a. it was just, like, out on a patio in, in the sun, uh, mostly hungover because the conference is is fairly ridiculous, but yeah, he's he's an awesome guy. Like he's he's great and uh, he's good in like a small venue and a giant venue. So nice. Yeah. What about you, Ian? He's really good. For me, um, Grimes is coming out with a new album, and I love her so much. I I am so excited for that because it sounds like it's going to be really interesting, and I've followed her twitter feed and she's posted all the things that she's doing differently from like her last couple of albums and i just got really pumped about it so that's we just played a festival with her <laughs> <laughs> no seriously i'd never heard of her before that 
She's so good. <clears throat> yeah, she was really good. Also, uh, Mia and Chris both have albums coming out this year that I'm excited for because I already have Chris for a long time, so I can't be excited for. It. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a little upset album. about that. Like, I've been close friends with this asshole for what, like, eight years, and I still haven't heard it. I've only heard the Troy Baker version of of whatever he's doing. <laughs> I'll send all you guys links. I, I keep forgetting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm anticipate. I'm most anticipated for my own album. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Careful. We'll link it or uh, get it leaked on Pitchfork. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that... for, for me, my most anticipated, aside from the Life in 24 Frames album that I haven't heard yet, um, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and uh, name Got a Girl. It's by uh, Dan the Automator and uh, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead. Um, like I said, he's just my my most influential uh, music uh, person right now, so I'd like to hear that that album pretty soon. And that's coming out next year. Cool. Hey, Jimmy. Yes. You got a game review for us? Yeah, I do. I've been playing Terraria since I got like I got home from break. <laughs> I played Rainbow Moon, and I was like, I'm done with these JRPGs forever. And I got Terraria on my Vita, and I've never played it before. Like, I played it once, and I hated it on PC because the locks are so small that it just makes me mad. But I got it on my Vita, and I like I love every single bit of it, and I can't put it down. Wait, how is it different on PC than it is on Vita? Uh, <laughs> the Vita has the <laughs> smart cursor that, like, the cursor moves from block to block to block based on what direction you push the right stick. So... Like, but does it P- does it have controller support? Like, could you have not just played it with a controller? No, you couldn't do it with controller on PC when it came out. Like, that's when oh. all my friends were playing it, and I was like, "Fuck this! I can't play it. <laughs> I'm gonna play Burnout Paradise because I'm a cool kid." And <laughs> um, and listen to Fallout Boy. Yeah, I played Burnout Paradise, <laughs> listen to Fallout Boy, and brand new. I listened to a lot of brand new when that game came out. But, um, yeah, no, Terraria is so cool. I'm so late late to this, but I love that. Um, instead of it being like focused on building things like Minecraft, the focus is mining better ores so you can build better like armor and weapons and fight bosses. I think that's like so cool. And like building houses that basically go to space is pretty cool. I like that. And just the combat <laughs> itself is like kind of lackluster, but I just got a gun and it's pretty sweet. So I have a question about this, Jimmy. Yes. Terraria or Minecraft? Uh, Terraria. I am not the biggest Minecraft fan, so <clears throat> Terraria. Uh, I played Minecraft for two days straight until wow. I got yeah, on. Yeah, I did to that when Minecraft. I got it. When, like, 1.0 finally launched, I bought Minecraft, and I played a lot of it then. And then I was like, ah, I'm done. I, I need an end, you know? Like, I need a, to have a constant goal in a game to really want to play. Because I have, I, you know, I have so many games to play that, like, if I don't have something to accomplish, then I'm like, shit, I need to be doing something else. But, yeah, Terraria's, like, oh, man, I don't know how I waited so long. But I guess it was worth waiting because I love it so much on my Vita nice. and I can play it anywhere. And I really want to get the iPhone version, but I'm trying to use Chris as bait and I keep telling him to get it and tell me how the control works. <laughs> You because. should try, uh, speaking of which, you should try the Blockheads, which is also an iOS uh, I love game. Blockheads. What we, is this? We published it on, on Android. Um, 
and it's a uh, super solid. It's like side view Minecraft yes. in a way. Okay. Um, I had how- no idea you guys published that. Yeah, it was it was a big task. Like that's a huge game. That's one of our biggest games that we. That is published. such a good game. I got hooked on that game for like three weeks straight. That's all <laughs> yeah. I was playing. What are you yeah. doing? It like. Explain. I mean, it's very Minecrafty, but it's yeah, side view. it's yeah. But the cool thing is that it's it's like you queue up actions. So then, like you know, you're telling your guy like go across the world, and you're scrolling around. So you're like you know, dig this, then climb here, grab this, then dig oh. that. So you can queue it up, and it is actually neat, uh, especially if you want to play something on and off. Once you get further into the game and your character's better, maybe more well equipped. I mean, you could queue up like thirty things and then just background it, and then when you come back, he's done all those things, and then you can do more. What's it, what's it called? I'm gonna buy blockheads. The, the blockheads. Okay, on everyone buys this and too. Yeah, <laughs> and it's actually it's free, so you can just oh. get it. Everyone downloads. <laughs> just get it. it. <laughs> I don't want to pay it. a dollar. It's got in-app purchases though. Careful. <laughs> That's fine. Oh, there's a shark in the picture. Therefore, buy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> or download. Cool. But yeah, Terraria. I'm gonna review it very soon, and I think I'm gonna give it a nine. Just because the combat is kind of... These guys are Wait, did you dropped. say, I haven't reviewed it yet, but I think it's a nine. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, like, when I play a game, I can tell I, I'll the play it menu. for... Like, I just have that score in my heart, you know, when I play it. And it very, very prejudice. rarely changes. Right. Like, <laughs> Dragon's Crown, sir. when I played Dragon's Crown, I thought it was like an eight. And then I was writing the review, and I was like, man, I totally love Dragon's Crown. I'm giving it a nine. <laughs> But that was like the rare exception. Yeah. Jimmy reviews everything at a nine, just so you know. Nice. <laughs> Honestly, man, the worst game I played is Draw Slasher for Vita. And I like, I felt so bad every time I said something like negative about that game. Because like, the people who made it are so into it. Like, Draw Slasher <laughs> is a game where it started on iOS and they ported it to Vita. And it's like, the enemies are zombie pirate monkeys and i was like this is retarded but i feel like it could work and i was playing it and i was like this does not work this does not work at all and it's really boring and i felt so bad but oh man that's the worst review and i think they hate me but it's okay oh metascore 69 <laughs> yeah it seemed that bad like i try basically my reviews start with competent competency and like, if your game is competent, it can play, it doesn't crash, like, we're sitting pretty, and if there's, like, enough variation to keep me busy for more than a few hours, you know? Like, that constitutes a good game for me, and makes it worth playing. Like, I guess I'm a little too nice, but I, I like, I feel for the people who made them. But, yeah, I, I downloaded that game, and I'm going to play it. But yeah, Terraria's cool. Everyone buy Terraria. If you haven't played it yet... Like me and you're stupid. Play it. Yeah. Uh, apparently I'm stupid. Play the blockheads though. For real. I yeah. God, I had no idea you guys published that. That was such that is such a fun game. Now I'm yeah, excited. It's... Oh. Cool. <laughs> but yeah, that's my review for the week, everybody. <laughs> okay. A possible nine. <laughs> possible nine. We'll see when probably. I when I write it. Um, it's a probable okay. nine. What's your favorite hey, stuff from the week, Eden? Oh, wait, you have a question for me? Oh, no, I was just going to try to do a really, really sweet segue. Oh, man. Oh, Jimmy <laughs> just oh, fucked it up. Destroyed. Yeah, good job, Jimmy. Well, Heartbroken. <laughs> sorry. Got me all excited. Well, I have a really great favorite thing this week. 
So I was at the university a lot this the past two weeks, and I also work at the university, so I'm there all the time. And I was there like 7 a.m. till about 11 p.m. for a few days. So all the restaurants and stuff there close at like 7 p.m. Okay. And I was there late, and I discovered ice cream vending machines. What? Yeah. Yeah. So freaking cool. And there's two in our university. One is like your standard vending machine. Like, you know, it just like pushes them out. But then another one, literally, it's a freezer with a bunch of vacuum tubes. And when you put the money in, it's got a vacuum that comes from the ceiling. And it opens the freezer. And it's like a standard (laughs) mini freezer for like an apartment. (laughs) And it sucks it out of the thing and drops it into your hands. And it is so cool and i love ice cream i understand what you're talking about i understand (laughs) because i know i know those machines but i have a feeling that anybody that doesn't know is going to think you're crazy because they (laughs) think you're talking about a scooping ice cream machine because it's it's it's, these are like frozen ice cream like a a bar of ice or you know yeah like sandwiches with a rocket like when you explained it even i imagine like a froyo machine just like dumping frosted yogurt or frozen yogurt into your hands and like you all excited about it. <laughs> Jimmy's visualizing Skynet right now. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, it's probably not a crazier visualization than last week's favorites, where there no, was goats. Crazy. So bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had to see like that to believe it. Okay, so so these ice cream machines, when they drop like a, a chocolate covered vanilla ice cream, does it crack up when it drops? No, it's gentle. It, Really? It's, it, it could probably handle, like, vending babies. It's pretty gentle. Huh. Okay, what's funny is <laughs> it's only gentle. You should check this machine. I had, we had one of these on campus, and they uh, they were gentle because it dropped it onto a foam pad. Oh, so it, like, drops, and it, like, drops in foam. But then someone took the foam. And so the foam someone got the ice cream, it would just land on metal. So it was just this bang, like, any time. So you could just tell in the whole floor whenever someone got ice cream because you hear this, like, vacuum sound and then a really big bang. And that would definitely damage your uh, your ice cream. I don't know. I the think it might be a Canadian thing because we and it's funny because up here it's minus 40 and we eat ice cream in the middle of winter. Hell yeah. <laughs> and you guys have no vending machines. We still go for Slurpees every week. And it's oh, like, we do too here. But it's like minus 40 Celsius, which That's is awesome. the same as Fahrenheit. That sounds terrible. Jesus. Once you hit minus, it doesn't really matter what the number is. Like yeah. minus, 40, minus 40 is the same. Right, I think actually right. minus 43, but that's where they line up, yeah. Fahrenheit and Celsius. So, like, we get down there. Jesus. God. That's oh. like in, in California, it's like once it's over 105 degrees, it doesn't matter. 105 and 115 yeah. are just shit. It's just melt your face off and <laughs> hot, dude. <laughs> the vending machine at my work, or the place where I work, like, over breaks in summer and stuff, is incredibly aggressive. And if you put. Like, Does it hit you? No, it like it, it serves it's like that Cheetos machine on the commercial. Okay, like normally in America, vending machines do bottles, but this one does cans, and it like fires them out because they used to be doors at the bottom where you would like reach in, but the door is gone, and it's curved, and the cans are curved, obviously, like perfect cylinders, so it just like rolls down and just flies out. So you can kind of <laughs> catch it, and the 
the someone took the door for the little change dispenser, like the, like when you if you put too much in, obviously, and that is shaped the same way. So change just like shoots out. What is with people stealing thing. stuff from vending machines? Yeah, I don't like, know. The it's foam really and dumb. the door. <laughs> and like, it has like the reader of like the coin reader has problems, so it very rarely actually will accept a coin. So you'll be like fumbling with all your change, like shooting them in there, and they're like flying out the bottom. Like no one looks like they know what they're doing when they use this vending machine. It's so funny. <laughs> hey guys, before we sign off, I want you all to know that my Xbox One is still a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> I, dude, I've been using mine a it's lot. It's screwing up right now. Oh, God, this thing is annoying. <laughs> why don't you just call Microsoft? A lot, and I don't know why yours is so jacked, dude, because I've pretty much gotten it to where it, it recognizes everything I say. It, 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 I was watching the Santa Claus earlier, okay? <laughs> And the, the little wavy thing right. came up. Nobody was moving. Nobody was moving. <laughs> there was no movement in the room whatsoever. And all of a sudden, this this hand started waving at me, and the menu bar popped up at the bottom. What? And I don't know how to get it off. I You turn the controller on, and hitting the B button backs you into the menu. I don't know how to shut that off. Don't so you just I, talk to your Xbox now? Isn't that just like... Yeah, but it's also got... <laughs> That's a whole nother thing that's wrong with my Xbox. Um, Chris, this is I don't, a whole... Oh, man. I don't know if you've seen the hit documentary Paranormal Activity 4. Oh, shit. But <laughs> if you turn the lights off while Connect is on, it apparently broadcasts a bunch of dots around the room, and if there's a ghost, they'll, like, move around the ghost. The so you could try that and see if there's a ghost waving at your Xbox. That might be the problem. Shit. I mean, I don't know, but that's it a pretty good so documentary. It was so irritating. I just wanted to enjoy some Tim Allen, you know, and it, it, it started waving at, nobody was moving, it just started waving, and I couldn't figure out how to get it off my screen. Dude, is that I was thing, so close to just unplugging it. Is that thing, like, pointed towards a window or a reflective surface or something? No, no. I, like, I, I literally stopped. When it started doing it, I stopped. I looked around. To Did see you get really like, scared? Like, maybe <laughs> I had, like, a grandfather clock that, like, you know, the pendulum was swinging or something. Nothing. Nothing was moving. But this hand was waving back at me, and I was just like, oh, okay. So I waved at it, and it paused oh, my man. TV program. I, I just want to finish the 25 Days of Christmas on ABC Family. That's all. <laughs> I heard there's you computers know. for that sort of thing now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's my my Xbox rant. It's still, it's still pissing me so off. Call Microsoft. Well, actually, you might want to wait because... Um, the girl I do run my website with, Miranda, she her Xbox was a brick when she got it, and she like sent it in and got a new one, and then they sent her, like they just sent her two boxes of all the accessories. Oh, and wow. she's like, I don't know what to do with these. Should I send them back? Or because she doesn't want to get charged, but Microsoft can't figure it out. So, yeah, I, I would just like wait and then send it back yeah. to them. Be like, please give me a new one. Yeah. Hmm. All right, well, I think that's the wrap of a, our fifth episode. So thank yeah, you, Arlen, good episode. for hanging out. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Oh, it's a pleasure. Yeah, it's, been, come on it's whenever. been great. Be sure awesome. to uh, Anytime. look at cake on all the stores and check out all of our games. Uh, yeah, we've got a lot of Christmas stuff cake. on right now, and it's good. It's good. You're NoodleCake Noodle Games on Twitter, right? And you are personally Fexed. Yeah, F-E-X-D. Yes. 
And if you'd like to follow any of us on Twitter, you can follow Anthony, who is Necron with two Ks, Necron99. And Chris is Life in 24 Frames. Jimmy is Jimmy Champagne, no G. And I'm Eden the Cat. And if you'd like to follow the podcast, it is 36 Man Podcast. Boom. <laughs> and that's all. And Eden drops. Oh, yeah, I think she dropped. Well, at least it's over. All right, well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Peace. Oh, she said her computer froze. Oh no! What if she lost her recording? Oh, burn! Woo! No